I should, I should do the talking first. You should, you should start with the talking. All right. This is probably not a good idea, but we'll, we'll go with it anyway. Today, I'm going to talk about friendship and beans. You think beans? <laughs> like Jack and the Beanstalk? Beans? Yeah, beans. Okay. When Samantha and I, we had this crazy idea for a podcast, we were brainstorming the themes that we would have in it. And one of the things that I, I kind of scribbled down and kind of notes was like the future of friendship. And I, I didn't really know what that meant at the time. So Samantha and I, we have over the, the last handful of years become very good friends. And I think it's pretty cool that we're like continuing being friends via the internet. And I have a bunch of other friends in, in Baton Rouge who are very good friends who will continue to be very dear friends basically until we all keel over and die. So, I mean, it's true. I mean, that's that's a wonderful thing. Don't be sad. No, it's a good thing. I enjoy it. Very good. Not the dying part, but, you know, the friends part. Well, you haven't tried it. No, it's true. Go on. I spent the weekend at um, our, our Murky, which is our is our cabin. I got a notification on my phone, which is a thing that happens here in Finland when you get, get like a, a, a package to pick up. They don't just drop it at your door. They say, hey, you have a package and it's here and you can go pick it up. I looked at the thing and it says, oh, I have a package from my friend Dominic, who you know. Dominic from Baton Rouge. Yes. Dominic from Baton Rouge. Also one of my handful of B- BFFs who will be my BFFs until we all kill every day. Well, he actually went to Finland, so he gets some real brownie points. Yeah, he was he was here for what, maybe 30 hours or something like that. Yeah, he was on his way elsewhere. Like, put it this way, 30 hours was the maximum he could be here. So he was still here for like 100% of the, you know, like the, the possible amount of time. Uh, Dominic is very into the literature. He, he, he likes like writing and receiving letters and, and reading and philosophy and that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's a thing I've known he's, he's done for a very long time and I was I was kind of excited to, to like like get a letter from him at some point but because I got this this message saying hey you have to pick something up I knew it wasn't just a letter otherwise it would go to my post box it was like something larger so I was like I have no idea what that, what that is what on earth would Dominic send me through the mail hmm. so then because I was up in my cabin I had to wait uh, a, a day and a half until I got back here and then I, I picked up my package and it was huge and heavy and I was like what is in this package and then I got home and then I opened this package and before I tell you what's in the package i have to tell you so when i moved to finland and i think samantha you have heard a little bit of this story one of my like one of like my my it's not even a beef like one of the things that i was like oh that kind of sucks and it's a very minor thing was i like mexican food a lot and there's a mexican shop over here uh not like right here like it's kind of far away from me but they sell all kinds of mexican foods salsas and hot sauce and whatnot and they sell refried beans which i love and it's the only place in helsinki that i can find refried beans and they're three euro a can. They're like three fifty US a can, which is kind of nuts. So huh. I don't buy them. I don't buy them that often. And I and I I I guess I've told people this at some point. And I've told it like I haven't actively like complained about it. I'm not telling people it really sucks the price of beans over there in Helsinki. It's a terrible place. But it's just like an offhand comment I've made at some point. Don't come to Helsinki. The beans are outrageous outrageously expensive but now now you actually can come because my friend dominic sent me 12 cans of refried beans through the mail whoa okay what kind it was it was an assortment there was eight different kinds of refried beans in there or, wow. or six or something there was there was a lot of different refried beans in there like everyone knows i like bikes and 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 everyone knows like samantha likes bikes if someone sends me something bike related like that's nice <laughs> But, but you kind of get what I'm saying. It's like, hey, that's the obvious thing to send. So that somebody like heard this like one offhand comment and thought, hey, Mika really liked beans and it would be hilarious if I sent him 12 cans of beans. That could not have been a cheap postage either. I mean, cans. I, I, so now I'm the proud owner of 11 cans of beans because <laughs> I had some for dinner. And um, 
a wonderful, heartfelt, slightly rambling letter from my friend Dominic. Um, so, so I've I've had a very good good day in in that regard. But I figured I would I would I would tell this little story and, and maybe we could talk a little bit about what friendship means and like how there are different ways to experience it than just like being next to that person, like doing something. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that that conversation is one that's uh, taken on new forms since the pandemic. I mean, you know, we're all communicating in ways that we haven't necessarily done in, in the past. And it's probably making people re-examine friendships that they've let fall by the wayside because of those communication challenges. I know in the year that you've been gone, I can't say we, we've we talked a lot until here recently. So our friendship was based on on bike riding, right? Yeah. But but the actual riding of the bike was never really the thing. It was just yeah. like, that was, the, that was both the physical vehicle to get to the place as well as kind of like the metaphorical vehicle for like, to like have random conversations totally and and i kind of get this like same kind of vibe from doing this where Mm -hmm. i can tell you a story about beans (laughs) and like everyone's okay with it you know well and if they're not then then we'll just ride faster exactly then you'll just ride faster well no that's exactly what the bike rods always were and i mean if you really think about it that's all any real social activity is is it's just a vehicle for the conversation so that reminds me guess who Mm -hmm. i had brunch with today and this is the second time doing so in recent weeks i I don't know but i expect i will be jealous tina yeah i'll be jealous yeah okay so miss tina is one of our mutual friends one of the og bike advocates in baton rouge or at least og for this current um 20 year generation i guess you could say she is one of those phenomenally eccentric people who is as up in the clouds as she is down on the ground. You know, I think that's fair, huh? Uh, Very well said. Beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you. She had just gotten back, in fact, from as a yoga instructor. She goes once a year on this yoga. um, It's like an actual like work thing. They actually do like workshops and things. And she learns how to be a better yoga teacher. But she does so uh, in, uh, I think it was Puerto Rico. I'm going to get that wrong. And and then it's going to be like, you weren't listening to me at all. Anyway, and it's just an awesome trip. I always love looking at her pictures afterwards. And so we talked all about that at brunch and all kinds of things. And the food took a little while, but uh, who cares? The food wasn't really why we were there. Well, I don't know. The mimosas were probably why we were there. <laughs> but um, the the food was just the, the thing that gave us an excuse to be in the room together, you mm. know, and then the conversation, that's what you're really there for. So it's kind of like this. It's like, it just gives you an appointment, a space, a time, a place, a reason for sitting down and having a conversation. That's what bike rides always were. It was just mm. an excuse to go out for a ride with your friends. And God, was it hard to get you to go on bike rides. Oh, I was just twisting my arm every time. Just every damn time. Just Okay, that's not true. Mika is... I'm, I'm sad I'm not riding a bike right now. I know. Yeah, exactly. And it's only because you're about to go to bed right after this. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he is the person that you went to if you would like to hear the word yes to anything. Because Mika was always down for a yes. And if it involved a bike ride, even better. Which they pretty yeah. much always involved a bike ride. So, you know. Yes. At what point did bike riding then become a social activity for you? Because you are, uh, when we first met in particular, you were a lot more shy than you are now. I mean, you're not shy. Let me, let me rephrase that. You're not shy so much as you're quiet until addressed. It's probably like quiet until for some reason I need not to be, right? (laughs) 
The, the nice thing about the bike riding was that somehow it always brought out a reason for me to need to not be quiet because I was, you know, I was telling people where to go or how to do something or let's make a plan or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, without having that kind of, you know, responsibility or whatever, then I would just show up and be in the corner and, you know, make friends with dogs and you say make friends with dogs? Yeah, I like dogs. You've seen Pat. Like, she doesn't care about people. She can make friends with dogs. Pat is uh, another one of the regulars on the rides that we do. If there is a human and a dog next to each other, then in her mind, there is a dog, period. That's yeah. it. And I'm really not far off from her, though. I'm pretty more um, pets before people, you know, depending on the day. I will I, I will definitely pay more attention to your, your dog than your baby. Uh, I'm way more into your dog than your baby. Speaking of just all this stuff we just talked about, I, th I thought about one more, more small thing. Can I tell a, a small story on your behalf and then you can tell me the context behind it? Oh, God. I want to say no, but <laughs> for, for the purposes of keeping the conversation going, yes, go for it. Okay, so your 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 boyfriend Matt. Yes. Um, I will probably slightly butcher this story, but but you 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 correct me if I'm wrong. But but you 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 tell the story that one of the first times you you guys like really clicked was when you guys were you guys were were gonna go out on on a, on a date or something like that. You had plans to go to one restaurant it didn't work out, a second restaurant it didn't work out, something like this, uh -huh. and and it was just set up to be a horrible evening but somehow through that horrible evening that like that spirit of like let's figure out a way to have fun or or like let's just like make this work Some, somehow through that you guys kind of clicked like hey this is this is a, a thing a friendship a relationship that that, that we want to have do you recall telling that story or am i making yes, that was actually our first official date uh -huh. and it was terrible we went to uh the absolute worst chinese buffet i've ever been on and i got home from that night and i said oh I just had the worst date ever. And it was like, what? Why are you sounding so chipper? And I said, like, because it was so much fun. We had such a good time. And uh, yeah, so to your point. Yeah, I guess I had a point there somewhere. <laughs> oh, you were just telling a story? All right, cool. Very good. It came into my head when we were talking about, well, something else, but it, it was, it's a good story. I'll, if we're talking about friendship and weird things and like things that are, are, are a little bit like abnormal as far as friendships go, I like that story. Well, you know, and that's kind of, that was kind of like the theme of all our bike rides is like, how can we totally mess up this bike ride to where it ends up being like an adventure of some sort? I think about the time that we were uh, decided to see, hey, let's see, where, do, where would this take us if we took this path? turns out it takes us uh, down a railroad track, literally with like, you know, just walking down. How do we always end up on these railroad tracks? What is that about? It's kind of, it's kind of a theme. And, and we were, because of that, we were late to a Halloween critical mass, but we didn't care. Oh yeah. I mean, that we, was were, we were maybe in costume at the time. I don't remember. I think maybe i i'm pretty much standard uh devil horns for halloween because path of least resistance is always going to be the way i go easiest but except for when we're on a bike ride then it's the the path of oh my god that was so ridiculously more complicated than it needs to be when, when we when we do the group rides one of my like quote unquote threats that nobody ever knows about it's like my own un, like silent threat that like some people who know me they know it now is, is whenever someone says i wonder if you can get there this way <laughs> oh buddy we're gonna find out mm -hmm. yeah no that's not a good thing to say to you on a bike ride because we're gonna take that route and uh hell or high water we're gonna find out if it is passable 
And sometimes there is high water. There has been. You know, one of the, um, another one of those OG Baton Rouge people uh, who might come to mind when you're making that roster of people is someone I spent time with on Saturday, uh, Mr. Mark Martin. All right. What's Mr. Mark Martin up to? Uh, can you do me a favor first, though, and please describe what Mark Martin looks like so people can have a visual to go along with this. Mark Martin is grumpy bicycle Santa. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> With tattoos. With tattoos, yes. Yes. Well, Mark is 67 years old, and uh, you wouldn't think, but he's 67, and he is going to be retiring. And I asked him, you know, what what made you make the decision to retire? You know, people are retiring much later in life now, and, you know, he seems pretty um, into his job anyway. And he says, well, I really want to go for a long ride. And I really want to do it before I'm too old physically to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So he is actually taking that step. Uh, he said he's he's excited and terrified all at the same time. He After he retires, he said the first thing he's going to do is sleep as late as he wants to. So that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But then a, a long bike ride is in his future. And by long bike ride, we mean a bike tour. Can you explain what a bike tour is? Tour. 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 A bike tour is a road trip on a bike. Uh, I guess you could put it that way. It's riding somewhere so far that you will stop and sleep several times along the way. I guess I guess that would be a pretty short, short definition of it. He has been a host for people who take bike tours whenever they're out doing that. Uh, he has been a host house for people to stop in and stay at along their way for many years. And so now he's going to, I think it'll be interesting to see how many people he kind of hits up <laughs> uh, right. on his on his travels and when he decides to actually get out there. I don't know, that that's definitely something that I had a lot more interest in until our uh, St. Francisville ride. And then I thought, huh, this is a lot of work. (laughs) But it still, it does seem like a very cool thing. It is something that people do. And something I never knew about as a thing until meeting you and getting into this bike world and seeing all that side of, of how people live. It's super interesting. Maybe one day, I don't know. Not any day, anytime soon. Maybe you can think about it when you're 67. Maybe when I'm 67. That sounds like a a better time frame, but I don't know. I just uh, had the glory of experiencing sciatic nerve pain for the first time ever in my life. And uh, that is unpleasant. Let me tell you that. that I imagine that that has got to be something that people experience when doing potentially experience when doing a bike tour because you're hunched over so much. I feel like that's got to be a potential problem. It it probably is. And just maybe as a side note on that, this is not necessarily bike touring, but there's a a bike race called the the race across America. Guess what they do? Basically it's, it's a nonstop bike race from the West coast to the East coast. And the winners do it in like seven days. They sleep like two hours a, a, a night and this is, this is like absurd, crazy stuff. But one, one of the most common complaints that they have during that bike ride is because they're kind of hunched over like that. It's not necessarily like what you would think is not bike or shoulder or wrist or that kind of stuff. It's their neck gets so tired from holding their head up. And, and I've seen people do it in like neck braces or with like systems to like hold their head up and this kind of stuff. That's just dumb. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I wonder why people wouldn't try to have a more of an upright uh, bike when doing something like that. Like, I just feel like 
you'd be willing to trade speed for comfort because I mean, that's really basically the big difference between an upright and a hunched over bike is speed. Wouldn't it be better for your back to be upright? And if you're going long distances like that, it would be there's, there's two reasons. One is for speed, obviously, but the, the second, like the bigger one is whenever you think about speed on a bicycle, it's not exactly like speed on a car. If you want to go uh, go faster on a bike, on, on a car, you just press the, the accelerator, you know, harder. But on a bike, if you want to go faster, you have to put in more energy. Or if you want to go at the same speed, but in a more difficult position, you have to expend more energy. So it's always a trade-off between how comfortable do I want to be and how much energy do, do I do I want to have to put out? And if I don't want to put out that energy, then I'll just go slower, in which case I'll I'll have to be on an uncomfortable bike for longer. There's like, there's a bunch of different trade-offs there. Also, if you're riding in that Race Across America, like you just don't care about comfort. Like that, that <laughs> ship has sailed. That's true. I've looked into um, a lot of different... <laughs> looked into i've learned about i don't know if i've looked into it that makes it seem like i'm interested in doing it myself which i have zero interest in doing but i've looked into a lot of the different extreme versions of things in particular like extreme running Mm -hmm. and i kind of poked you into getting into running for a little while too but the the you know kind of extreme distance runners um, will do, you know, a hundred mile run in some of the craziest worst uh, conditions. And there's one notorious one or infamous one where um, you're running through the desert in summer. And so literally the runner's shoes are melting as they're running. So they have to stop and trade, uh, change out their shoes. And there's like signs along the way that are like warning um, humans not allowed out during these times of day because it's going to be so hot. And they're running through this and you're like, how do you do this? But it's part of this whole culture of pushing yourself to the limit and seeing how far you can go getting to that edge and, you know, kind of making it over and saying like, Hey, I made it through. And I think that's what we're talking about here. When we talk about some of these, you know, bike races and things like that is, is just this desire to see like, how far can I push myself? And it really kind of harkens itself back to when we were originally talking about riding bikes and how people are amazed that I would ride my two miles to work, or you would ride your six miles to your work, you know? And it's like, geez, guys, that's nothing. That's, that's, almost negligible in the ways of effort when you compare it to what the human body is actually capable of. And when you get into those, and I see how it's addicting. I I can't do it myself. I just cannot bring myself to that level, but I love to think about it. (laughs) It's fun to think about. And my, my favorite thing about those like super extreme distance races, whether they're on foot or bike or whatever, is is not is not like, you know, when when that guy or, or that woman, you know, crosses the line, they're really happy. But like all the other competitors like are like almost more happy. Like that's so awesome that you you did that. It's not it's not really competitive when it gets to that level. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just so amazing that anybody achieved that. I don't care if it's me or it's you, you know. Right. It's literally all about um the experience and all about just getting there. The real challenge is your own mind and your own, you know, roadblocks. I mean, sure, they announce a winner and sure, there are people who set records and things like that. 
And I imagine you do anything long enough that becomes your focus. But uh, for the, the vast majority of people who do it, it's just a matter of figuring out if you can do it, make it through. And then also how you uh, recover from that, because, you know, you can put your body through a whole lot of stuff, but how do you mend yourself afterwards? That's another thing and another, um, another bag of worms to, to deal with. But uh, it's, it kind of goes back to, to kind of tie it all together with what we were originally talking about is like all these different pockets of community where you find something that gives you a connecting thread to a group of people that allow you to have those conversations and experiences that allow you to have these longstanding relationships, whether they be with somebody you see every week or somebody you talk to on Zoom once a week. But there's that common thread that exists there that ties you together that far exceeds, you know, any other type of friendship, I think, that exists. Look at me, full circle, bringing it all back around again. Golf clap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's time for you to go to bed, my friend. It's late. Oh, I'm going to do a heck of a good sleep. This has been fun, as always. We we should do this uh, once a week or something. Let's do it once a week for like a while and see what yeah, happens. Let's do a, a thing. That's a swell idea. All right, my friend. Thank you. All right. Bye, friend. We're bad at this. Yeah. Mm.